I just bought 10 properties in five months. So I sat down, reflected, and put together my top four learnings so that you too can achieve similar financial results in your own life. Hi, my name's James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast, where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is special because I don't normally talk about my own past and my own kind of financial journey, but recently I just bought 10 properties in five months, so I had to sit down and reflect and think, what have I learned from this process? And hopefully you guys watching will get some value from this too and be able to achieve similar financial results. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through four kind of overarching learnings I had, and then I'm gonna follow it up with 12 tactics specifically that I learned that are really powerful being able to achieve something like this. Some of them are gonna be very specific to being able to buy multiple properties at the same time in quick succession, and some are gonna be a bit more generic and will apply to any audacious financial goal. So guys, I hope you enjoy. The first one is all about making the most of a situation. Geez, I rewind back to the beginning of 2020, starting off, you know, really optimistic in my investments. I had a number of things in play. I'd recently purchased a few properties and had other investments. And I was very positive about where those things were going. All of a sudden, COVID hits in March like a sledgehammer. And so many of my investments took a big hit in property and elsewhere. And I was left thinking, geez, what do I do? You know, scrabbling around, putting out fires. I had many of my properties people had left at short notice, were contesting their contracts and rent payments and so on. And, you know, it was tough, right? I was, I was fighting a lot of fires around the kind of March, April time, stressed um, and not feeling too good. Once I put out most of those fires and kind of, was able to uh, swim above the surface for a bit. I kind of relaxed and, and, you know, kind of made the most of lockdown, which was doing not much, but, you know, doing kind of relaxation stuff. But, you know, knowing me, I can't do that for very long, about a month in uh, of playing games and, and stupid other little things. I got the itch to do some other stuff. So, you know, I got curious and excited and thought about different things to do. And very quickly, I started to talk to people that I respected around me that were also wanting to do similar things. And we put our minds together. We started to think about different ways to do it. And I reframed the situation. And this is really key because what I was noticing was a lot of people around me were kind of seeing this lockdown and all this scary stuff around COVID. And absolutely, you know, quite justifiably, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time at the moment. But what I noticed was with most people were just kind of waiting for the whole situation to go away, to go back to normal life. It was like on pause. And if there were any problems, you dealt with the problems or you accepted the problems and waited for them to hopefully improve. But 
I just fundamentally disagree with that approach. So much better to go, right, okay, we're in a different situation. In some respects, it's absolutely worse, financially and personally. But in other respects, so many opportunities and actually a lot of positives came out of the crazy situation that played out last year. And you often find that with big extreme situations, big changes, you get big negatives, but you can also get big positives, right? So from that, I started to get more optimistic, started to get excited, started to see opportunities. And there were a lot of property deals that I was seeing that I just wouldn't have been able to have done a year ago. So that was at the, at the core of me really being able to buy these 10 properties. If you'd asked me back in 2020, early 2020, you know, uh, you were going to buy 10 properties in five months, I would have laughed at you. I thought, would have thought, no way, that was not going to happen. But it was actually because of all the craziness last year, last year that I ended up doing it. So just think about that for a moment, right? Through something like that, I was able to then be able to come at it from a different perspective and make the most of it uh, from that situation. Okay, second key learning was about, you know, really, it's amazing how much you can do when you get focused. So the beginning, it was just kind of, oh, that's exciting, this is a good idea, I could do this, I could do that. But then before I knew it, because of how much attention I was putting on this, and how clear I was in my goals around it, that it was from that that I was able to achieve this success, right? It was that focus on that one channel goal. And many other opportunities came in at the time and throughout the year to distract me and take my attention. And some of those definitely were close to taking my attention. But I always went back and said, no, that is not what I'm focused on right now. This is what I'm focused on right now. And by kind of staying true to what I'd kind of committed to was what allowed me to kind of get through this process and being able to, to buy those 10 properties. Some things that we do are not sustainable. So what I did last year to be able to buy those 10 properties, you know, in terms of how I was doing it, that wasn't sustainable. I was working pretty hard, crazy hours at some points, uh, had to be very focused and, you know, sacrifice other areas of my life. And, you know, I am a big believer in balance and I think it's really important, but I would say I'm more a believer in phases in our life. So to be able to achieve everything that we want at all times in our life, I just don't think works because effectively what you do is you get spread too thin and you're kind of multitasking all the time, trying to do a bit of property, a bit of investment, a bit of family, a bit of friends, a bit of health, a bit of relationships, a bit of mindfulness, all of this stuff at the same time. And yes, you need a certain element of that to maintain, but you can't really be moving the needle in all of those things at a time. I think realistically, certainly for myself and the clients that I work with, you really can only have maximum one goal and really at a push two at any one moment. So it doesn't mean you can maintain other things, but really if you want to be making significant progress in an area, one maximum two, right? Because otherwise you're diluting your focus. And there's a great book I've been reading recently about deep work 
and how as a population we are so distracted by social media and many other uh, new phenomenons within our life and being able to focus in on one thing allows certainly me to be able to get the most from my mind you know I'm able to tap into my full potential and trust me you know when I've got a few things on the go at the same time I'm definitely not in that place but it's important when you do that to not just keep at it kind of relentlessly and at the beginning of this year I kind of had to take the decision right I got to take my foot off the pedal in this area calm down regroup and start to think about now what is my next chapter what do we want to be working on right and it was from that that I did this learning and 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 put this video together so I hope you find it valuable so going forward for me it's more about my health my relationships in my life because that is also important to me and so I'll be working on that much more going forward Last one around the key learnings is do not believe in the media. I, I say this on so many of my videos, but I have to keep saying it because so many people around me talk to me because of what I do and say, you know, I've just heard this in the newspaper or in the, or in the media. Like, what do you think? Are you not concerned? And to a certain extent, I'm a, I'm a bit oblivious to it because I never really follow much media because it Honestly, it's a waste of time. If you want to do it for entertainment, great. But as a news source, as an informative source, I just think it's so little. I much prefer taking specific people that I trust and respect and follow them and, and learn from them because I know that what's coming out of their mouths um, is something that I'm aligned with, that you know, they, they're talking with integrity, they're informed in what they are talking about right a lot of people who write in the media are so ill-educated in the areas that they write and they are do not have your interests at heart they have your attention span at heart that is what they are trying to sell okay so without kind of going too much into that look I'll, I'll be specific right last year think about property now not all media all times but huge amounts of media were saying prices are going down, rental levels are going down, there's huge amounts of uncertainty, such bad prospects for the property market, it's impossible to transact, it's so slow, no one's going to lend to you, all of this stuff. Well, I just bought 10 properties in five months. So I just, I'm not saying that to impress you, but to impress upon the point that somebody that does this day in, day out, that invests for a living, that, that gets property, that has succeeded in being able to buy those 10 properties, has done that with all of that media playing out. So you've got to ask, why? Is it because James is crazy and he's obsessed with property no matter what? No, because there's reasons for it. And if you dig under the surface and you look for people who actually know what they're talking about property, follow them and start to understand the real picture going on, you'll see a much different picture. And it goes back to a core concept I try and follow in investing, which is to be a contrarian investor. So if, if everybody's moving left, you want to be moving right. Because if you move right, and it's obviously got to be the right option, then you are going to get a much better return, a much better 
improvement from whatever you're doing because you're not having to share that with so many other people. So that's not to say that you know, every time you see someone move in one direction, you need to go the other direction. It just means that when you are confident about going in a particular direction and you're seeing a lot of people move in the other direction, it's actually a good sign. It means that there's a stronger chance that you're going to do well. Just take a small analogy in the stock market, right? It goes up and down, up and down, up and down. You have these cycles. So if you think about that wave, if you're at the top of a wave, okay, most people think, oh, well, it's been performing really well recently. Therefore, it's more likely to, to go up in the future. But actually, if you think about it as these waves, then if it's gone up recently, it's actually more likely to go down in the future. So that is a small analogy of this kind of contrarian concept. Forecasts have repeatedly been corrected upwards in the property market. I'm actually very optimistic, very positive in my view in, in how the next few years are going to go. Do I think 2021 is going to be amazing with like crazy, crazy um, price levels uh, and so on? No. But the, the lending market has already started to open up increasing loan to values, low interest rates, more products available. The interest rates, uh, the, the US government, which hugely informs how the, the UK government set interest rates, have already said they're pretty much uh, guaranteeing that we're going to have low interest rates for the next five years, which don't worry if that's complicated, but effectively that's very positive for, for property. In Liverpool, one of the key areas I invest, 6% growth last year. And everybody's saying it's terrible at the moment. 6% given Brexit, given COVID. That is phenomenal. Anyway, they are my top four key learnings. Now I'm going to go into some more specific tactics, you know, really practical things rather than esoteric. So the first one, again, I say this a lot in my videos, get a great team. Honestly, I, I genuinely didn't think buying 10 properties was, was possible, physically possible, like whether lenders would actually lend you. So I'm not buying those 10 properties of cash. Nine of those properties were bought with lending, right? So I had a mortgage lender lend against that property to allow me to buy it. And the only, not the only reason, but one of the key reasons I was able to do that is because I had a phenomenal broker that was able to help me navigate the landscape during a time when lenders were very pedantic, very uh, cautious because of COVID and EU exit and stamp duty and all of this stuff, such that it was very difficult to buy property last year. So God knows how I did it. But one of those reasons was being able to get a good broker. And I will put in the show notes the broker I use. I think he is phenomenal, so I cannot recommend him enough. But either way, get a good one. Because if you're buying with lending, you know, that lender has to be willing to give you the money. And it goes on to my second point, which is there's really two cruxes. And the crux is kind of the most difficult bit of buying a property. And that is getting your mortgage offer, if you're buying with lending, which is most, most of the time, and then completing. 
So if you think about it, really if you reduce it down, it's those two things. So when you're buying, I mean, any property, but especially when you're buying many properties at the same time, you're constantly thinking, am I going to get funding? Are, is this lender going to give me the money to buy this property? And are the solicitors and the seller willing to kind of follow through on the purchase of this property and actually complete? So it's the mortgage offer and it's the actual completion of the property. Everything else is just details, it's operational. Without those two things, it's not going to happen. So you always want to kind of keep going back to that and always think, is there anything that is putting at risk those two things happening? Okay, so having a great broker, really important from the funding side of things. And then having a great solicitor is also really important. Admittedly, these are a bit harder to find a great one. So if you do find one, it is worth their weight in gold. I use many different ones. Some are better than others. Some are more expensive than others. So but choose wisely and do your due diligence. Having a great accountant as well, super important because when you're buying 10 properties, if you think about the sheer number of transactions that are going on through that, all the bank accounts, all the, um, the fees involved in it, and each one has to be kept clearly separated between each property so that you can do your own analysis, but also tax returns, company accounts, and so on. So a really good accountant where you can talk openly and honestly about what's going on. They can recommend the best way to navigate it for it to be clear, easy, straightforward, but also so that you can minimize your tax threat. That sexy subject. Having great business partners is the fourth area around a kind of great team I wanna call out. Really, really important. For some of these properties, I use business partners. Uh, I've got a number of different business partners and you know, I trust, respect them. I love working with them. I enjoy working with them. It's really, really important that you pick your business partners well, uh, because if you don't, it's very painful and yeah, definitely counterproductive to what you want. And you can be in a world of pain if you're having to kind of unpick things in the future because you've, you've made a wrong decision there. And then lastly, Family is really important as part of your great team. And I'm talking more kind of wide, wider, not just your immediate family, but those that are close around you. These are the people that are going to keep you strong, sane, healthy through these kind of, these kind of audacious financial goals. They're like your sounding boards. They're your, uh, your kind of your champion in the corner, right? So, you know, really respect them and look after those relationships because if you're going through something like this then then you need a strong emotional support around you as well okay enough of the mushy stuff okay second one was around the two cruxes the third one is if you're going to be buying multiple properties i would advise using multiple different lenders and solicitors now, the reason for that is, again, it goes back to these two cruxes. The lending, so getting that mortgage offer and completing on the property, they are the two most important bits. And so if you buy too many properties with one lender, they can get 
a bit kind of scared, you know, I think they almost feel like they're putting too many, too many eggs in one basket. And so they can either kind of just end up saying no to everything, or they can be really pedantic or overly draconian in what they expect from you to be able to willing to lend. And one deal can hold up others. So if you keep them separate with different lenders, okay, if one starts to go bad or becomes difficult or drags on, it doesn't affect the others. Really important. That's almost a must for me. It also means as you go down the path with all of these different lenders, you'll start to discover some are really keen to lend to you. They look at you and they're like, yeah, great. You're like our poster child for who we like to lend to. Others are like, no, I'm not happy. What this and that and that, or may just not want to lend to you. And so when you've got multiple, if one's kind of is a dead end, then you can move those to the others much more easily because they already know you and are wanting to do business with you. Different solicitors as well, because I just find they are more inconsistent. And when you start to use multiple uh, properties through the same solicitor, you're then finding yourself having to chase the solicitor on multiple properties. So you kind of sound like a bit of a nag. They kind of stop getting back to you. It, it all gets a bit confused. Solicitors generally on both sides tend to be one of the longest lead time items and frustrating in the process. So by splitting them out, you're kind of diversifying in that area as well. And you're only badgering them on, on kind of one or two. Yeah, so something to think about as well. Four daily check-ins on each property. So, I mean, this is probably one of the most effective things I did. So every day I'd, I'd check in my spreadsheet and on each line I'd have each property that I was buying. And what I would do is on each property I'd think, hmm, what is the one thing that I need to do today that will move it along the critical path? So for those that don't know what the critical path is, you think about where you want to start, where you are, where you're starting, and where you want to get to, A to B. Okay, the critical path is the, the essential line from one to the next. So there's loads of stuff that you need to do to get from A to B, but some things have to be done before other things can be done. Or they have to be done, and if that isn't done, then all of this other stuff just can't even, like, will never be done, or the whole thing won't ever be done. So... Don't just think, oh, what can I do on this property today? Think, what's the most important thing? What is, what's the thing getting in the way of it actually completing or getting that mortgage offer today? And do that. And do that every day. Like, every day. Honestly, like, it's probably one of the, most, the biggest things that I did that, was a, that allowed me to, to complete them all in such a quick, short, quick period of time. So very simple, you don't have to spend ages on it, but just each day check in and say, right, what is the one thing? And then when you do it, just make a note as to what that next thing is gonna be when you come back and look at it the next day. And that should really frame the, the first thing you do that day, the, all of the stuff that you prioritize before anything else. Okay, fifth, maximize your appearance on paper. So it's kind of like your profile, right? So imagine it's like your Tinder profile, but for lending, for, uh, for investing, not for investing, for doing anything in this space. So for a lender to lend you money, they're 
they're basically interviewing you. They're kind of deciding, mm, do we want to lend to this guy or not? Okay, well, if we lend to him, then we can make some money. We'll get some interest rates. We'll get some fees out of it. Great. But if we lend to him and it drags on, there's problems, he doesn't pay, we've got to call in the loan, all these problems, then it does, it's not worth it for us. We could lose money or it could be a whole load of hassle. So what you're trying to do is to make the lender see you as, as perfect as possible. You know, no, nothing untoward, nothing strange, nothing dodgy, nothing, um, nothing to really make them think. They just look at you and think, nothing to see here, all very normal with strong financials. That's it. Now, you know, you, there's a limit to how much you can control. If you've had bad experience in the past or financial mess ups and, and that's kind of hit your credit or, you know, you don't have as much money as you'd like to be able to go in on the deal, then, you know, there's a limit to how much you can do. But, but just think everything you possibly can to, to make you look as good as possible on paper is super, super important, um, especially when you're buying multiple at the same time because, you know, that bar's even higher because you're seen as more risky. Okay, six, accountability buddy, business partner, problem solver. So what do I mean here? When you're buying that many property, I mean, when you're buying one property, property is just one big problem. I mean, the amount of problems that come out of properties <laughs> and how weird some of the properties, are, not properties, how weird, I mean, to be fair, some of my properties are weird, but, <laughs> how weird some of the problems are, like so strange. And you think, how am I having to deal with this in, in buying this property or getting it rented out or refurbishing or whatever? But hey, it's the nature of it. I've heard people kind of talk about it before and essentially they say, because property is effectively people. It's people that use it and, and, and use those properties and therefore, and people are, are strange and unique and every person's different. So maybe that's why you get these weird problems. So you definitely have to be up for solving a lot of problems and weird and wonderful problems. Uh, so you need to be good at that yourself, but you also need to have people around you that can help you solve problems. Honestly, like the people in my life that I go to that are like trusted, that are my problem solvers, are just worth their weight in gold. And at the top of the list are my business partners. Any problem, I'm confident. If I go to them, list out that problem, and kind of say, I need to solve this, how do I do it? Together, we back and forth it until we've come up with a problem. And I tell you, like, every single problem that's come up, small or really big, always solvable, and have always been solved. So trust me in that is so powerful. If you don't have those people around you, you want to find those people. They are super, super useful. And then lastly, accountability buddy. So to do something like this, I mean, it's kind of relentless, right? You know, day in, day out, week in, week out to be able to get through this. And you want that accountability buddy to just kind of check in with you, just to make sure you're on track and on track doing the right things. You know, it's not just about work for work's sake. It's about doing the things that is most powerful and helpful and someone shining a mirror up to you will help you be able to check whether that's the case and whether you're being consistent because you've got to kind of be able to to run the marathon not the sprint 
you know, get to your third, fourth, fifth week, if you're running out of steam or you're getting distracted playing games or whatever, it's not going to happen. So coming in and checking in with that accountability every week is going to be super helpful to make sure you stay on track right through to the end. All right, seven, diarise chasing and daily chasing. So, I mean, this is super useful. And like, to be honest, I get a bit of a bad rep in this area. So I do apologize, guys, who, who have felt the wrath of James's repetitive chasing. But you know what? I do not apologize. And I don't apologize because if you want something, something important to you, and to be able to do that, you're reliant on somebody else to do something, they've got to do it. And there's a certain element of being able to embrace the fact that you have got to work out a way to get this person to do the thing they need to do for you to be able to get what you want. And the biggest, I don't know, the, the, the most powerful way I've found to be able to get this is to be polite and assertive. You've got to be polite, but assertive. And what I mean by that is if you need that person to do something in a very polite way, very clearly, ask them for what you need. And if they don't get it sorted, every day you want to be chasing that person. Every day. And trust me, it doesn't matter how, how much that person is good at flaking or avoiding doing stuff. If you're chasing someone every day, within a week, 10 days, they are so sick of you that they just want to get that thing done just so you're like off their plate and you're not badgering them. Yeah, super, super powerful and really useful in property completions. Eight, having organized account transactions and records. Now this, honestly, of the 12, this is the one I didn't really do and I'm super regretting it. I've got such a mess of accounts to sort out right now. It is like not even funny. So take my learning and don't do that. You know, from the beginning, be really clear where things should go, which bank accounts um, should, should have what transactions going through it because it is much easier to plan that in advance and having to kind of unpick it afterwards because you can't just ignore it you have to sort it out for tax reasons for account reasons for being able to analyze your deals to know how much these things cost how much they're making you so yeah definitely do that number nine i mentioned this already stay clear on your goals do not get distracted with other opportunities like there were a lot of things that came up. Some were really good opportunities, some big opportunities, some that potentially were going to make me a lot of money. But you know what? Not every opportunity is the right opportunity at that moment. I'm a firm believer in if, you know, if, you've, if you've got a plan, stick to it until it's done and then get it sorted, then move on. Now, not to the nth degree, right? You know, if clearly a plan's not working, something is way better an option, then yes, you can pivot and go to that other thing. And that's what I did earlier in the year. But don't just chase lots of different things because if you do, what will happen is you'll spread yourself too thin, you'll never end up really getting any of them. I'm a big believer in focusing in on what you know. And in this example for me, it's property but also diversifying in areas that you don't know. Okay, so diversifying is important, but if you want to stay um, on track with a goal, you need to follow through and not get distracted. Okay, number 10, consistent hard work, but not 
crazy hours. So, you know, there were times where I was doing like 12 hours, 14 hours, to be honest, like 12 hours was, was pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry about the people around, around me that didn't get to see much of James, but great results. But the key thing around this is you can do long hours, that's fine. But do not do crazy hours. Do not do it to the point where you start to become unproductive. So do not cut on sleep. God, the amount of people I know that kind of like show off that they kind of like four or five hours sleep. I just, I think that is such a fool's errand. Sleep is so important. Your health is so important. Your emotional, mental well-being is so important. And then if you don't respect those things, ultimately you, you will pay for it in the long term. So, you know, without getting too kind of morbid with you, you know, it, you can work those long hours, but just make sure you get enough sleep, that a bit of downtime. You know, I made sure I had Saturdays that were like, no one could touch. I, you know, I did not work on Saturdays and I made sure I got my sleep and had some downtime. And, you know, times when I, I didn't follow those rules, ultimately I actually got less from myself. I was being less productive, more irritable, not solving problems well, not interacting with people well, so not getting good results. It was just... It was actually counterproductive. So uh, a lesson for me as well. Um, okay, 11. Always go back to the numbers. And this is with any investment deal, but especially when you're buying multiple at the same time. You're buying a deal, you're buying a property, you're making an investment for the financial benefit. Okay, so the numbers need to stack up. Don't get caught going down a deal right through to completion just because you started it yeah if it re if you realize it's a bad deal the numbers don't stack up cut it just because you want to buy 10 properties and that sounds like a, a cool number you know it's much better to buy nine great deals than nine great deals and, and a terrible stinky deal just so that you can say you did 10 deals and actually to be honest i wish it wasn't 10 properties is really annoying because 10 just sounds like I made that number up because it's so perfect and 10. I kind of wish it was like 11 or even nine, right? Because that sounds more believable. But hey, you've got to live with these things. Okay, 12, the final one. Create space within your funds. So when you're buying a lot of deals, a lot of investment opportunities at the same time, I mean with any deal, but especially when you're doing a lot at the same time, you need space in your finances, yeah? Because things will go wrong. Numbers will end up being higher than you expected. Refurbishment costs are gonna be more, there's unexpected fees. It's just the name of the game. So you need that space in your finances. For your own situation, I mean, so, I mean, just psychologically, knowing that that space there means you can kind of relax. You know if there's problems, it's all good. You've got the money to sort it but also just practically, right? So if something happens, you've got that money to still be able to follow through and complete on a deal. The amount of deals I know that have fallen through just because uh, an unexpected cost came in and they couldn't afford the deal. I mean, how are you in a situation where you're buying a deal that is right up at the edge of what you can afford? Now, if that's you and it's your first deal, then I kind of make an exception when it's your first deal because you're, you know, you're, you've got to get onto the property ladder and it's a first, it's a first way and you kind of want to do it as quickly as possible. I get it. But even then, you know, create some space there because that's when people get into real trouble. 
if they can't make a mortgage payment and there's not money there, that's when you start to get bad credit and it snowballs quickly, trust me. Okay guys, so that is my four key learnings and my 12 top tactics that I learned from buying 10 properties in five months. Guys, I hope it was helpful for you and it sows the seeds for your own great financial successes in the future. That's all for me for this week. I'll see you next week with more amazing content. If you enjoyed the video, please do like and subscribe to get notified when my videos come out each week. Take care. Bye-bye.